Welcome back to the Chip Lunch Podcast. It is, as always, excellent to have you along with us, whether you are listening on your podcast app or you are, you know, watching us on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ethan, welcome. Uh, it's good to be here, Joel. It's good, to, it's good to have you here, as always. Woohoo. Yeah, you are saying that you felt cold after having a hot shower just then. Well, yeah, your body kind of has to figure itself out and you, then your hair stays wet and it keeps you cool. Is that a... It's but nice. you have longer hair. You think that is a... Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Applicable to longer hair? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think I talk to I talk to lots of people who don't even wash their hair regularly because their hair is too long to like take time to dry. But I think oh, I've really? got I've got pretty thin hair, and so mm. it dries itself pretty gradually. But yeah, so it's still going. Okay, cool, great. Yeah, that's my morning. <laughs> I always I always like to see a creation made hoodie being worn. Mm-hmm. So good job. I've got thirtieth anniversary shirt on. Reppin' survival apparel. That's it. There's a new one coming too, by the way. <laughs> always plug. Uh, our guest is joining us, Brian. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. Welcome, Brian. Do you? How uh, regularly do you wash your hair? <laughs> every night. Yeah, every night. So I'm every morning. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so good to talk about our shampoo habits. <laughs> it's important. Everyone listening knows that we're clean. Yes. We're clean at some point. Clean every time the podcast starts. Yep. If I don't wash my hair every night, it all goes wavy. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> oh, really? Uncontrollable. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Uncontrollable. Uh, I think you've got a pretty good head of hair, though. It's thinning out. But it's, it's, it's going all right, though. I, I like it. I like the salt and pepper. <laughs> That's how I would like my hair to go when I get older. See, I, w- I just want to go I just want to go white. Oh. Like I just want to be Gandalf. Like oh, full, yeah. full white is my is it would, would be my end goal. I like awesome. that. It's like there's some people that have like bright white hair. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, that'd mm. be great. That would be pretty cool. Now, I can't pick, but if I could pick, that that's my choice. Okay, cool. <laughs> now <laughs> we'll stop talking about hair, uh, sure. Brian. Yeah. Something let's talk about something a little bit more important, uh, Brian. You brought um, a Bible verse today, and you said it was a good idea. Do you want to do you want to tell us what you were reading that this morning? Is that right? Yeah, I was reading it this morning. It just came up on my computer as my next reading. Right. And so I thought it was applicable. And it says, uh, working together with one another and one mind and one purpose. Yeah. And so I see that's what we're doing here. That's the Chip Lunch Podcast. Yeah, that's that's what it. we're doing. Is that from, where's that from? Sorry, Philippians, is that right? Philippians 2, chapter 2, 1 and 2, verses 1 and 2. So you felt excited to, to get on the podcast after reading that this morning? I thought it was purposeful. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Um, what have you, if you, are you reading through Philippians? No. Just, you're just getting verse of the day kind of thing? Yeah, verse of the day came up, yeah. Yeah, right. And mm. so is that how you kind of start your day every day? Um, I start my day listening to Keith Green usually. Okay. And uh, have a sing along with him and it <laughs> helps me to think about how good God is and mm. uh, the different phases of life in God. Mm-hmm. Um, and it helps me to praise to God. Mm. So mm. I usually listen to a couple of Keith Green songs, Holy, 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 you know, and things like that, and, and it sort of refreshes me and gets me started. Then I look up what my daily verse is from uh, NLT, Bible, oh, yeah. Bible mm-hmm. puts that, up one every day. New, new Life Translation? Yeah, New Life Translation Bible, yeah. Yep. And then I, do a, then I normally do a study of a chapter, I'm doing John at the moment. Oh, so am I, yeah. actually. Yeah, I'm up to about 14 or 15 or something. And then I look at um, the Bible commentaries on it. Mm-hmm. And then I look at the personal commentaries, mainly by a Dr. Charles Stanley, mm-hmm. and um, find he is very th- 
good at giving you very practical mm-hmm. uh, thoughts on the on it. And then I start my day. Do you find that so is a really good setup for your day by doing that every day? Yes, I do because it keeps my focus on God instead of myself. Mm. Yeah, that's cool. Mm. I, uh, a couple of episodes ago on the Shock Absorber podcast, we talked about like I'm reading a book called Atomic Habits, but then I was talking about well, what does that mean as a Christian? Like, what are your habits as a Christian? Yeah. And even in that book, he says, whatever habits you have, it's a vote towards the identity that you want to have as That's a person. Right. And then I'm like, what does that mean as a Christian? Like, my, as my Christian, my identity is in Christ. Yeah. What does that mean? How does that influence the habits that I have to influence that Christian identity? Um, and I feel like what you, <laughs> you've just described, it's, um, how long does it take you to do that kind of morning routine? Oh, an hour and a quarter. Yeah. Mm. That's some serious time in the Bible before yeah. starting a day. Yeah. And I think that's a really extremely good habit to keep. Well, the, the, the Old Testament says that we give the first fruits of our harvest to the Lord. Mm. And so I give him the first fruits of my day. Mm. Yeah, I like that. Mm. It's really important. That's really cool. Well, thank, you really for, cool. thank you for bringing it. I think it was a really cool way to start the podcast. Mm. Yeah. Uh, most of the Chip Lunch podcasts we do, though, we start um, with a question. And I always like to give... Ethan, the chance to ask this question. So sure, go ahead, uh, Brian. <laughs> how do you have your hot chips? Uh, chunky, Ooh. hot, Ooh. and salty. <laughs> That's sometimes how I describe myself. But chunky, hot, and salty. <laughs> chunky, hot, and salty. <laughs> <laughs> yes, right. That makes a lot of sense. Any sauce or no. any condiments? No condiments. Okay. Yes, plenty of salt. Okay, because we had a few people recently on say vinegar. What are you laughing at, Ethan? I, I, sorry. <laughs> Chunky, hot and salt, salty. Is that still there. Saying? I was <laughs> like, if I had to describe myself, it would be <laughs> it would be thin, cold and sweet. <laughs> uh, any particular place sorry. you like to get Chunky hot and salty chips yeah, from? Yeah, they were at Karela at the Karela village. Yes. But that place went broke. What was it called? I can't remember. Yeah, uh, I'm just trying to think what it was. But, um but they sold hamburgers and things mm. like that. But the, mm. they went broke in COVID. Oh, and, did they? Uh, yeah, so just normal chips now. Both the shops that are there, there's a fish shop and there's a chicken shop. Mm-hmm. Yep. And both of those places are just normal. The other ones were really good. They were chunky. <laughs> <laughs> so these ones, the new ones don't do as chunky as you like them? No. Mm-hmm. I had some reasonably chunky chips on Sunday. Just gone at Fish and Chip Shop in Cronulla. Mm. They were pretty chunky and good. Mm. Yeah. Best, yeah. best chips I've had in a while oh, were, yes. were um, Yarrawarra. There's a random little chip shop in that little shopping center. Yep. And I was just, I just wandered in and was like, oh, let's just have a go. And they were unreal. Really? They were really good. What made them so good? I think they were chunky and oh. they put a right, like, solid amount of chicken salt on them. It was really good. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Okay. That's all. First question done. Second question, Ethan? Uh, Brian, <laughs> forgot it for a second there. How many times have I done this? Uh, Brian, uh, how did you become a Christian? And can I shuffle this slightly closer to you? There we go. It was a long process. Mm. And I was sent to, my parents weren't Christian or interested in the church, but they still sent me to Sunday school when I was about three and four. And so right from young, I believed there was a God. I didn't know that you could know him. But I just believed there was a God. 
And then uh, in, there was scripture at school, but in the primary school and the high school, but I don't even remember anything being that was taught. Mm. Um, so the main impact was at the little Sunday school, which I rebelled against going after two years <laughs> because it took time away from my friends. <laughs> where, where was that, by the way? What Sunday school? Um, in Carring Bar, mm -hmm. in Willerong Road. Oh, yeah. I don't think the church is even there anymore. Mm. It was a little... Um, one, I went, and then my parents, when I was a bit older, about 10, sent me to the Anglican church at Carring Bar, a little wooden church at Carring Bar. And um, it was the most boring thing I've ever been <laughs> in. <laughs> and I hated it. And, and so after two times going there, I rebelled against <laughs> that again. Um, but then when I was 17, we met a couple of, my friend and I met a couple of nice girls on Cronulla Beach who asked us to come along to a youth group at uh, Presbyterian Church, Carring Bar, um, and only drawn there by the, the gorgeous girls, <laughs> um, we went along and um, had no interest in the things that were going. But if you wanted to go to their youth groups, you had to uh, go to a half an hour Bible study beforehand. And at that Bible study, two things stuck in my head. One was one day uh, all my bad deeds were going to be exposed and made clear and open and that uh, God was going to judge me. And so those things stuck in my head. Uh, but they asked me to go to the church there and I said, no, I'm, I don't want to go to the church because I'd only be a hypocrite because I have no interest at all in these things, in the things. And the only reason I was at that fellowship was for the girls. <laughs> and they were nice girls. <laughs> Took quite a few of them out. <laughs> wow, okay. Yeah, so I um, only stayed there for about two years. Mm -hmm. Run out of girls. <laughs> um, no, they were really nice, but there was just no interest. I had no interest in them. Mm -hmm. okay. um, but, and then the next time that um, I had any interest as God was when I saw this girl in the dentist and uh, thought she was absolutely gorgeous and uh, fell uh, what you call love at first sight. Head didn't over even, heels. Didn't even get to talk to her. Went home, got on my knees, said, God, I want to marry that girl. Mm. And uh, there was a process of time, but I've been married to her for 57 years now. <laughs> and so... That triggered a further interest in God that it seemed that when you look at all the circumstances, he answered my prayer, mm. uh, even though I didn't know he was at the time. Uh, and then there was another prayer later, which was very important to me, which he answered right on the dot of time. Mm. That I, uh, 20 k's away for the people that I was praying about, were 20 k's away, but he answered it right on the dot of time. Mm. So that also left me a bit confused. Is there really a God that listens to you? And, uh, and then there came another period of time when I wanted something really special to me and I needed a person's mind changed so that it could happen. And so I came to God. This is after six years of trying to ha make it happen. Um, and he changed that person's mind straight away and mm. I got the answer to what I wanted. Wow. And yeah. so after that I... I um, was past the point of wondering what was happening and I started to believe that it was God that was involved because it was too accurate. And, uh, and then uh, for the next three years I started to look for God 
and uh, a, a fellow asked me to come and build something for him. And he was a Christian, and I started talking to him and asking him about God, and he was very good. He would take time and tell me and answer me, and never pushy, just was answered anything I wanted, and that uh, helped. And then um, after two and a half years of seeking, I decided I'd become a Christian. And um, so then I thought, well, this is what a Christian is. You've got to be a good person, stop being selfish, stop doing this, stop doing that, and try and be... Try and be thoughtful and all these things which weren't natural to me because I was very selfish mm. and uh, I was in business and I was a goer and, and uh, so I just wanted what I wanted and did what I wanted. I sped everywhere I went and, <laughs> and I felt, oh, I'm going to have to stop speeding. <laughs> and uh, anyhow, after four months of trying to be what I thought was a Christian, I, was out, I failed so much and was so miserable about trying to be a Christian and also felt so... Uh, the word is um, not serious about it, you know, uh, uh, that I must have been just pretending or mm. I didn't have the ability to be genuine about it. Mm. And, um, and so one night I just said to God, um, if you're real, I want to know you. Mm. Five seconds later, he made himself real to me. Just by a, a deep presence, sense of his presence and a real confidence that he'd forgiven my sin mm. and uh, what normal Christians would call being born again. And so that's the process for me. Sounds like you were really relieved after that, is it? I was so happy. Yeah. I was so happy. I just wanted to run around and tell everybody (laughs) in the world that God's real (laughs) and you can know him. Yeah, right. That's very cool. Do you have a question, sorry? Yeah, my question is what what made you, before you were sure that God was real and that you could know him, what was it, do you reckon, that made you want to pray? Desperation. Yeah. Mm. I, I wanted that girl. Mm. Yeah. And I didn't know how to get her because I didn't even know a second name. Didn't know if she had a boyfriend. Didn't know if, um, um, what her address was. Didn't have a phone number. Didn't have anything. And um, I just, the only, I just looked at it and said, well, I'm not good looking. I'm not handsome. I'm not charismatic. I'm not all these things. How am I going to get this gorgeous girl? And, uh, and so I remembered from going to that youth group, they used to say, if you pray to God, he'll listen. And so I thought, all right, I'll give it a go. And so I prayed to God and said, I want to marry her. And that, was the, cool. that was the extent of the prayer. Hmm. There was no more said than that. And, and, uh, and uh, in the story I wrote, it, I said that, and I waited for a while after to see if he was going to answer me, but nothing happened. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> awesome. I thought he'd send an angel or something. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Quality. Did you, like I remember you saying just before that you felt that you were really selfish. Yeah. You are quite selfish. Sorry, I shouldn't say really, quite selfish. Oh, you can go really. Okay. <laughs> uh, and it sounds like a couple of times before you actually did have that really feeling God's presence and actually accepting God for who he was. Yeah. You were kind of making prayers to ask just for the things that you wanted. Yeah. Is that was that true? Is that and is that why you think that maybe there was that before the time that you did feel God's presence that you just thought thought like maybe you were a bit confused about what it meant to be a Christian, like you were just trying to perform and be something in particular that you thought was a Christian rather than letting God lead the way? No, um, it was just like people on a sinking ship, last resort. 
Yeah, right. And I thought, you know, this is a, I don't know what else to do, so I'll, I'll try it. Mm. You know, and uh, there was nothing. And um, each each time, the the first time when I asked could I marry her, there was no obvious sign that he'd answered or he was doing anything. But when I look back at all the circumstances that happened over the next uh, year, yeah. you couldn't help but see his finger on everything. Yeah. Mm. You know, yeah, the, the fact that that later I, I look back, but I still thought, was it coincidence or was it fate? Mm. You know, uh, or was it God? Mm. Yeah. I wasn't sure yep. because I didn't have a co- proper concept of what God was like. Mm. Yeah, and, uh, and so the um, looking back as clear as anything, I mean, the timing of... Of um, of actually um, being put alongside of her was because I had my teeth knocked out. She was a dent- dental nurse. And I had my teeth knocked out in a surfing accident. Oh, really? Right at the same time that she was breaking up with a long-term boyfriend. Right. You know. So the timing of these things was, mm. and then the things that happened after that, mm. um, is what really you look back. It's just you just can't believe what, how accurately you were answered, mm. but. But I still didn't have a clue whether the reality of God. I just, mm. you know, I just thought, well, is it? People say, oh, it's coincidence. People others say, oh, it's fate. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, and so I didn't know. Yeah, so, like, but you're thinking now. Oh, there was plenty of signs along the way, but you don't see them until you're looking back. Oh, they stuck in the mind, the mm. background of the, my mind. Mm. You know, they never went away. The fact that the questioning was still there mm. as to whether it was God, but it, well, I wasn't. I didn't know God enough to know that or know enough about God because yeah. I hadn't studied the Bible or mm. anything like that. It was just a matter of um, looking back. Yeah. And, uh, and the next time when I, when I really wanted something, well, I felt like I was just using him. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. this is the last resort. I really am desperate to have this answer. Like a supermarket. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> and I, I, I really thought like I was, I was just um, using him. Mm. I'll try it. I'll try it again. Mm. It happened mm. last time. I'll try it again. Yeah. Um, there wasn't any sense of wanting to know God. There was just wanting to use Him if He mm. was available. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And when, because you you spoke again about that moment where you you feel like you probably became you definitely became a Christian. Uh, what changed for you at that point? Because you said before you were like, oh, I won't speed and I won't do this and I won't do that. Yeah. But when you truly accepted God, what do you think really changed for you? Well, my wife thought I was, my wife was worried when I became a Christian because I was so excited about it. She thought I was going over the top <laughs> and, and uh, she was concerned that I was become foolishly religious. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but the thing that changed her mind over two years, I never tried to convert my wife. I never tried to talk her into it or anything like that. But over two years, she said, you've changed so much. You're not so selfish, you're not so this, you're not so that, that she actually became a Christian yeah. mm. uh, as well. But, but I hadn't tried to talk her into becoming a Christian. Mm. She just saw the evidence of God at work in me. Yeah, it's really cool. And so those things that I'm like, I'm still selfish, but comparatively, mm. <laughs> comparatively, yeah. I'm way up the track. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, but so, you know, it's like, I was so grateful to God for making himself real to me that it made me want to change. Mm. You know, I was so yeah. grateful that he'd, he'd um, revealed himself to me 
and made himself real. He like he was answering every, nearly every prayer I prayed for the next year or two. You know, <laughs> like yeah, he is. You're a child. I'm going to feed you every time you cry. <laughs> you know, it was like he was caring for me like I was a little baby, and 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 so I had so many prayers answered in that time that um, my wife was astounded for a start. And friends, I'd tell friends that I was praying about this and something happened, and they were sort of astounded as well. Mm. And, um, and so the change was driven by thankfulness. Mm. All the changes were driven by thankfulness. And it's like, I mean, I said before on this podcast, it's just, I think maybe something that I miss, or I don't know if it's other people, but how transformative he is. And I think that's what you, you're alluding to there is that he's... Yeah when we do accept Jesus as our saviour, it's trans, it's transformative. Yeah. It's not just, oh, now I can go to heaven. It's yeah. like he's transforming you from this point on yeah. until at some point we, we go to heaven. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really I really love what you said about how, uh, it, it's really beautiful what you said about how your wife became a Christian because of, because in seeing that change yeah. in you, I talk to teenagers all the time, uh, and uh, one of the things we talk about often is uh, that idea of being a light to the people around you yeah. uh, through your actions and through your through that stuff. And um, there's so often a unsurety about how effective that is, yeah, uh, and how obvious that can be, yeah. And uh, it's really really cool that. Um, that, that example is is just I'm gonna if you don't mind I'm gonna steal that um, and just <laughs> use it in in youth talks and things if you don't mind. <laughs> okay, excellent, excellent. Officially when, stolen. Um, did you start going to church? Oh, like did you choose a church or find a church? How did that work? No, the fellow, the builder, the, the, not the builder, the fellow I did the building for, the Christian, asked me would I come along to a little Bible study at Oyster Bay Baptist Church. Okay, and um, and the beautiful thing was that. Um, at that church, doing the Bible study of a Sunday morning, and I'm, I might tell you, I was a surfer, mm. and I hated the thought of going to st- <laughs> Bible study <laughs> Sunday morning when the surf was up. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> because when it finished, by the time you got down the surf, it was blown out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, so, awesome. and the second thing, I, <laughs> second thing I hated was the embarrassment of walking down my driveway to get into my vehicle out the front and my Bible, Bible in my hand, my neighbours seeing me with the Bible in my hand. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I, I really was embarrassed about that. And, uh, but anyhow, I went because the reason I went was because this guy was so thoughtful and giving me time talking to me and, and didn't push me or anything like that. And when he said to me, he actually invited me to church a few times and my wife used to say to me, why don't you tell that bloke to go away? <laughs> you know? And I said, well, he gives me time talking to me when I want to talk to him, so I'll go with him. Mm-hmm. So I went to church with him. I went over to um, Blakehurst Baptist. Okay. I couldn't wait to get out of the place each time I went. <laughs> was it the same thing as Sunday school? Yeah, same thing, yeah. What's, yeah. What was boring? Oh, well, for a start, <laughs> they sang about seven songs in a row. And, and then, then they, um, uh, the preacher was like an old um, English somebody, you know. And uh, he... He was very serious about what he was mm. always preaching on. It was a bit dry. John Farr, his name was. Yeah. yeah. And and it really was boring to me because it didn't make sense to me. I had no comprehension yeah. or ability to 
get hold of what was being said. It was all foreign language to me. Mm. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, you think, oh, they're still going, they're still going. And <laughs> I could be surfing right now, is it? I, that's right. I could be surfing right now. So, but I still went f- about four times with this guy. But to be honest with you, I didn't get a thing, single thing out of it. Mm. It wasn't what was needed for me at the, at the time. But when I became a Christian, he asked me, would I come and join a Bible study at Oyster Bay? And the teacher there was a barrister. Yeah, and he loved God's word. He was right into God's word. And he transferred that love he had for God's word to me. Mm. And ever since then, I've loved God's word. But he just had that love for God's word that just penetrated you, mm. you know, and, 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 and helped the word of God to live. And um, so that was what got me started. Then um, he said... This is, I only went for 18 months, so I didn't go to church. I just went to the Bible study for 18 months because I couldn't handle church. Yep. And, um, and then he said, I'm going to be teaching at um, Carring Bar Baptist Church next Sunday. Would you come? And so we said, yeah, we'll come because he was really good. at the, the. So we went to Carring Bar Baptist Church and anyhow, he preached and he was, it was good to be there. But the old pastor there was an old missionary pastor and uh, he came up, he was so lovely to us. My wife. We went to church from then on, yeah. just because of that old pastor. Yeah. He was so lovely and so genuine and so loving. And then also from that time on, we, um, they also had a Bible teacher there named, um, I can't think of his name now, but he's, he's died. He lived over at Menai. Uh, and he did a Bethel course, tr- teacher training course. And my wife and I did the two-year Bible training course. And, uh, and he was so good. He was such a good teacher. But we were put in the right place with the right people yeah. at the right, right time who helped us to grow in Christ. Mm-hmm. You know? and, um, and so you could just see God's hand on things one by one. You know? and, mm-hmm. and so um, anyhow, we were blessed. blessed to, and, the, and we still are very good friends with a lot of people from caring about Baptist even though we don't go there mm-hmm. because they had a break-up when they had... They had a break up when they started to pick on the minister. Oh, okay. They dumped, dumped the, the old minister, wasn't good enough preacher. Church fell apart after that. Okay. And he built the church up. About 400 people built up in the time he was there. It sounds like a couple of those stories, that uh, something that really appealed to you was the relational aspect of the gospel. Was that, would that be true? Yeah. yeah. Why do you think that is? Why, why, why was that what you were looking for? Um... I, I wasn't looking for, for that really, but when I became a Christian, it became important. Yeah, okay. You know, because before I was happy as a lone ranger. Okay. You know, so. Like you said, only going to Bible study before going, not really going to church. Yeah, mm. lone ranger. But then, like here, I'm, you know, this, this church, I'm so thankful for all that God's doing in it. Mm-hmm. And so that's important to me. So therefore, I pray Friday for the youth. Saturday for the church, mm. Sunday for the church, for the whole revival of the Sutherland Shire. <laughs> <laughs> and I can see this church is being built up to, to with all the leadership and all the other discipling. Mm. And I can see that God's going to use this church in a big way mm. because he's preparing it. Mm. You know, so and it's exciting to be part of what God's doing. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. Well, that, 
had a question about going back to your childhood a bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, that's a question I always like to ask is where did you go to school? I went to Caringbar. Okay. Caringbar Primary. Caringbar Primary, yep. Yeah, and Caringbar Boys Primary further down. Oh, there was a boys primary at the time. Yeah. Mm. Okay. And the, um, there was a little one up on the corner of Burrinia Bay Road, and, and which is now a, a Navy, a um, whole lot of little townhouses belonging to the Navy. Oh, really? Cool. Yeah. Burrinia Bay Road and what's the other one? Wollongong Road. Uh, the Port Hagen Road. Oh, is it? Mm. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. It used to be a school there. Eh? There you go. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's where I went to primary school when I first came to Caringbar. Oh, okay, right. And then there's the Caringbar Primary School further down. It was a boys' primary school then. Ah, I see. Yeah. And I went to Ginelli Boys. For high school? Yeah, the first year it opened. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. And I have the first bad record in the school <laughs> on their <laughs> book. Of you did? Yeah. Were you a bit of a troublemaker, Brian? Um. I was one and a half years to two years younger than everybody in school. Okay. Because we were, I went to a school at Clempton Park, which was a higher level than Caring Bar. So when they moved me over to Caring Bar, they put me up a grade. Oh. So mm-hmm. and I started at four and a bit, four and a bit, and so I was put up a grade. So and my friend was the same. My main, we both came from Clempton Park, and so we went through school fighting all the way. Mm. <laughs> fighting all the way. It sounds like a song. Yeah, true. Yeah, fighting. We so, in fights all the time. Oh, really? Because you get picked on when you're little and mm. and uh, yeah. and younger mm. in a group. And, and uh, one of the guys was about um, nearly twice our size and height, and he used to wait for us nearly every day, yeah. coming up from Janelli's train to get us. <laughs> yeah, well, how did you like overcome that? Cheeky and fight back. <laughs> That's right. That's all you could do. Mm. Yeah, so we were in quite a we were in a lot of fights. Yeah, right. That's I think that that's how you learn independence sometimes. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's where some of the self reliance that you've been talking about before comes from? Is that yeah, you know, I'm not going to deal with these yeah. blokes giving me a hard time. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That's tough. I'm glad I didn't have to grow up like that because mm, I don't think I'd be able to handle it. But maybe it's a sign of the times as well. But right, yeah. I, I didn't think much of it, it just was in this natural. Yeah, right. Mm. Okay. Clemson Park, sorry, is that is that Kingsgrove. Oh, so you were born born in that area? Yeah. Okay. Cool. And then your parents moved out to the shop. Yeah. Build a house out here. Didn't they? Yeah, lovely. And I've also you also mentioned that you you were uh building a house for someone. So you you did you become a No, car? I was a pool builder, I was building a pool oh. for him. Okay. Is that what you did from the from finishing high school? No, from finishing high school, I became a carpenter, and then I worked. Um, I've done work even overseas, things like that. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So, for the church, sorry, or for the for just you just went over there to do some carpentry experience. No, overseas. I went over there to um, do the building work for for the the civil work for a power station uh, at um, twenty four. I went over to Vietnam. Oh, really? Wow. And um, to do the civil work for a big gas turbine power plant mm-hmm. for uh, the Saigon Power Station. Really? And How do you uh, end up getting a job like that? Like going over I to Vietnam? I did a job for, I did what they call a build, bachelor building. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so um, I did some work for a man who um, was an electrical company who had the contract to do that. And he asked me 
would I go over and do it? My wife wasn't happy, but um, and I was supposed to go for six weeks to just do the civil works, and then the when I got there two days later, they attacked Saigon. Oh wow! Really? So I was in curfew and helicopter gunships all overnight. And no way. Yeah, bomb place behind me got blown up, and uh, wow. Yeah, and um, yeah, I was there through the war, and there was bullets flicking around the power station I was working on. And, Bombs going up just up the creek and oh my goodness! Mm. Wow. So how long? The, how long were you there for? It's there for nearly three and a half months. Yep. I was supposed to be six weeks, but it was ended up three and a half months. <laughs> yeah. Wow. With the curfews Whoa. and all that. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's so wild. and then, then uh, you said something about Christian work. Then oh, I was just wondering if if you did if you why you were overseas. What was the reason for going overseas? That's yeah, all. I went what to went to um, New Guinea as well and did a building project up there mm-hmm. that was for the church that was for um, Baptist Aid mm-hmm. uh, got sick and been suffering ever since oh really from what uh, I had a parasite go through me and uh. stripped the lining of my stomach so yep I've had stomach problems ever since I'm I'm still I'm going to things even last week and today and things like that mm. still got another one to go now <coughs> so that's tough mm. it's really tough and not very pleasant either to, be, to pick up a parasite that's going to do that to you. Jeez. Yeah, that's right. But that was, um, I still got the project finished. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What is it, what's the biggest difference you think building overseas to building here? Um, well, over in Vietnam it's all bribery. Oh, is it? Uh, very corrupt. Okay. And um, you, can't, you can't do the work yourself, you can only supervise. Um, because they don't want they, they want their workers doing the work, and when when uh, I was there, you could only get old old men and women and young kids because all the others were in the army or fighting, mm. yeah, fighting, yeah. And so you had to adapt things to be able to let them do the work. We were bending sort of steel fifty mil in diameter and things like that. You know, so I had to teach them and work out ways for them to be able to bend it with mm. leverages, and they didn't have machines to do it. You had to do it all by hand. Mm. And then the um, so it was good. The the, the actual um, peasants were very keen to learn and very good to work with, mm. um, and it felt worthwhile just to be there teaching them. Yeah, you know, to get yeah, totally. skills. The um, the subcontractors were corrupt, mm. and the. Um, And the um, it was the food was terrible, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like to actually get food that was decent. I actually got food at lunchtime because the Americans had a big camp there. Oh and yeah, and uh, the, the engineers were American, and they let me come with them to have lunch. So oh, I used to cool. eat up big at lunchtime. Okay, because <laughs> the rest <laughs> of the stuff you got to eat was nothing. Okay, know? yeah. I lost one and a half stone in that one and a half stone in in. Uh, the time I was there, three and a half three months. months. I always, I mean, I'm a reasonably young. What? How much is a stone in kilos? I know that people say that, but I don't know how much a stone is. Ah, oh, stone. Well, one and a half stones about twelve kilos, isn't it? Yeah, I think that. Well, so it says one stone is six point three five kilos. Yeah. Yeah. So if we do one and a half, that's going to be twelve, isn't it? Nine. It says nine. Nine and a half. Nine, nine, yeah, nine, nine and a half, half kilos. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, it's funny, it's isn't that? There's a very there's, there's a lot of kilos. It's, yeah. it's just the what the food's got no nutrition. Oh, okay. Yeah, their food's got very little nutrition in it. And it's tough. Buffalo mm. meat doesn't taste that good. Water buffalo meat. Oh, is that where they? Water, is that where they had water buffalo? Yeah. Goodness. And the um, and they have eggs and they're all duck eggs and um, oh. and then they eat a lot of seashell food and mm. things like that. They, okay. they have watercress and uh, other things. Food's not hasn't got much nutrition. They they only they were, when I was there they were a very small race you know in size or mm. thinness yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm. The um. Oh, so tell us about surfing, because that was obviously a big part of your life. Mm-hmm. When did you start surfing? Was how young were you when you started doing that? Um, most probably when I could drive, seventeen. To get like myself that. to the surf, yeah, I had one of those ply for surfboards first off mm-hmm. before they even made them properly. <laughs> then it went to balsa. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm I'm eighty. Uh, I'm seventy nine. You know, it goes back a fair way. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. Yeah. Was was there anything in particular that inspired the the surfing? Like, was it was it just culturally what all the, what all the boys were doing, or was it like a you were like, no, I really want to get into this? Or? Physical. Yeah. Okay. Yes, I like the physical. Mm-hmm. I like squash too because it was physical. Squash is great fun. Mm-hmm. It's hard though. Squash. Squash. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm really bad at it. I see. I think I, I'm. I like it more than any racket sport. I'm not very good at. Sorry. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm, I'm better at it than I am at tennis. I think tennis is really hard. Tennis is hard. But yeah, squash is squash is really good fun. Where did you usually play squash? Mm. Right. Down at Miranda. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. There was a, it's not now. No, it's not. Yeah, now. I feel like there's less squash courts around nowadays. No, at Miranda it was Dick Kane or oh, Dick Carter. This court uh, actually I built some of it. Oh, oh okay. but <laughs> yeah. but um yeah, so it was just on Gibbs Street mm-hmm. and it was up just on the corner further up from the just opposite the railway. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Right on the corner there, but I used to play there. But, um, used to play with a guy who was so competitive. <laughs> yeah, I used to come away hit hit with a racket quite a few times. <laughs> oh, like, you'd cop it. Mm-hmm. I cop it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. He wasn't going to miss a shot. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Wow. Yes. Oh, so goodness. he just smashed you a few on the way. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow. no, that's heavy. That is heavy. Um, my last, my question that I was, not my last question, sorry. Uh, you've mentioned your wife a number of times. Mm. Yeah. And um, one of the reasons that you came on the podcast was because you've, you've actually written a short story about how you met your wife and how yeah. God worked through that yeah. for you to become a Christian. Mm. So I'd like to leave a lot of time for you to, to go through that and explain that. Mm. But can I just ask before we get onto that, how did your teeth get knocked out and you had to be at the dentist where you first met her? When it was a surfing accident, is that right? Yes, that's right. The um, my sister said to me one day, "Come up to the dentist while I pay the dental bill and check out the new little dental nurse. She's <laughs> lovely." Okay. And so I said, um, "Okay." I said, "Okay, I'll, I'll come with you." I thought if she is as lovely as you're talking about, I don't think I'm in the league of this, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought she's a bit good for me, mm. but I'll still come anyhow. So I went and. And uh, while she was talking to uh, Julie, was her name. While she was talking to Julie, um, I was watching and observing, and I thought she's lovely. Mm. You know, I thought she's feminine, and she had beautiful big brown eyes, and and she had such a warm smile. I thought oh, she's just lovely, mm. and so I instantly was 
taken by her, you know. And, uh, and then I went home and, as I said before, mm-hmm. got on my knees and said, God, I want to marry that girl. And uh, I hadn't spoken to her at all. I just said, I want to marry that girl. And then I thought, don't know how I'm going to get around to getting this going. How am I going <laughs> to get to cross paths with her so yeah. that I can maybe even talk and ask her out? And so the interesting thing for me was that after I prayed, uh, she went right out of my mind. Right out of my mind. I, I couldn't understand. I didn't, I didn't, because she went out of my mind, it wasn't that I couldn't understand because I didn't even think about it. Yep. You know? And <laughs> so then three months later, I was surfing and, um, down at Karong, down at the coast, and mm-hmm. there was a little reef there that only works when there's a massive surf up. Mm-hmm. And I was out surfing on with a friend and then other people saw us surfing, so they decided they'd come out and join us. Mm-hmm which wasn't nice, it wasn't a very big space. And so <laughs> you kept get, getting pushed yeah, over, pushed, pushed over. if you wanted to get on the wave, you had to get further and further over the reef. Yep. And so I, I um, got further over the reef and got on, I thought, oh, this is a good wave, I'll get this, got it. It was so, went so hollow as it hit the reef that the, my surfboard fell out of the mm. wave. Went down, bang, hit the, hit the nose and then bounced back up and took mm. my two oh. front teeth out. Yeah. yeah, but if you think about it, you think about it, this is the amazing thing. These are my. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> See? Yeah. How do you knock those teeth out without damaging your lips? Yeah. I didn't get any damage other than my teeth broken. Just really? the teeth. Yeah. Mm. And they were bleeding. Well, yeah, of course. Broken off, at the, broken off the gum line. And um, so I had to get some sense back again. It took a few minutes to get my sense back. And fortunately, instead of being ended up on the reef, the wave was big and about when it, the wave the surfboard bounced back up and hit me in the mouth. The wave picked me up and took me over the reef. Oh, okay. So I wasn't even damaged from... from wow. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's very and remarkable. So, so I stunned, I paddled, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. paddled back in and, yeah. and handed back up. And I, Well, I had to go to the dentist, didn't I, yeah, then? of course. And so um, and the, uh, that was three months, and that timing was very... This is where you look and think, see back later that God was involved mm. because she was just finishing with her long-term boyfriend she'd been with 13 months. Right. Yeah, well. yeah, and so if I'd gone up and, and, and tried to ask her out earlier than that three months, she yeah. would have said, sorry, got a boyfriend. Yeah. And that would have been the end of my pursuit mm. of her. Totally. You know? But because it happened at the same time she was finishing with her boyfriend, mm. uh, I was able to... Um, the dentist didn't let me talk to her. He kept talking all the time. But, <laughs> but, 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 but I had to, because I was invited to this 21st with my best mate, mm-hmm. I, I have to ask her. Mm. I just to, had to, to the party. Yeah, to the party. Yep, I had to yep. ask her to come to the party. And I thought if I leave it too late, somebody else will ask her out anyhow mm-hmm. if she hasn't got a boyfriend. I didn't know she didn't have a boyfriend then. Mm-hmm. And so... Toothless, I went and <laughs> waited. I waited outside. Come back from surfing. Waited outside. Couldn't, couldn't um, um, get to see her because if I'd looked, I would have seen the times the the, the surgery went was knocked off at this time, this day, knocked off at that time, that day. So I sat outside for one and a half hours waiting for her to come out, and then the lights went out. Nobody came out, <laughs> and so here I am. I got all the courage going to go and. Ask, I've thought yeah. about sitting there thinking about all the things I wanted to say, and uh, and then no Julie. <laughs> <laughs> so thought, not giving up. 
I can't give up. <laughs> so, so next morning I went up and waited for her outside. Mm-hmm. And when I came over to, she came walking up, I walked over to her, no front teeth, and, uh, which I don't think was the best look for a, an, an invite out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. And so um, she said, oh, she was quite warm about with, with me when I asked her. And, uh, and she said, oh, can I let you know? And I thought, oh, that's the end of that. Let's <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yep. Yeah. And um, anyhow, eight days days went by, and I never heard from her. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, that's it. It's, who am I to think she'd go with me anyhow? And uh, sure enough, she rang and mm. decided she wanted to come out with me. There you go. It was to the twenty first, or to that the twenty first. Wow. Huh. Yeah. You asked that far in advance of the twenty first. Three weeks. Yeah. Whew. Well, she might have been. It, she was good looking. Oh, no, no problem with that. No, it's. Uh, I'm just thinking about how dating works these days. It's just very different. You didn't send her a DM on Instagram. No. Um, yeah. Right. So, oh, wow. and since then, I've met other other people who have become our friends mm. who wanted to ask her out. Ah, yeah. So you got in. Other there. men. Yeah. Yeah. You got in there. Yeah. You got to get in there quick. So it was just <laughs> as well. I, yeah. yeah. Just as well you waited. Yeah. <laughs> It is funny when you talk about, like, you were talking before about the idea of could it be coincidence, could it be yeah. fake, could it be... And, like, it's so easy to f- to look at that like that. Yeah. It's like, oh, it is, it is such a wild coincidence yeah. that all those things all lined up yeah. in the way they did. That's remarkable. That's really cool. God's very cool. So that's all I was saying. I was just affirming that it's it's awesome. Yeah. Um, so good affirmation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have then written about that whole that experience or yeah what's that process been like uh well first of all uh i wasn't very good at english okay and i hated composition which is storytelling mm-hmm. yeah i hated composition and so when god started putting it on my heart to do it i thought he was making a mistake mm-hmm. the same as when i started scripture i went to do scripture at uh, endeavor high and after being there two years, I said to God, I think you've called the wrong person. I don't think I'm the person for this job. Mm. And because uh, it was so hard and it took, took so much of my time mm. to prepare and do it and all that. And, uh, and uh, anyhow, it was interesting because from that moment on, I loved it. Mm. <laughs> yeah, because I thought I was just the wrong person, but God turned my around in me. And just from that time on, I loved doing scripture, mm. you know, for the next 30 odd years. So um, it's the same with this story. God put it on my heart to uh, the verses for it is God who is all the while effectually at work in us, creating in us the power and the desire both to will and to work for his good pleasure, satisfaction and delight. Mm. And that's the verse that God used to prompt me to um, do this story. So, um, So I wrote it story and um and thought oh that's done thanks i've done that now (laughs) (laughs) and then i gave it to a neighbor over the road who wasn't a christian she said oh it's a good story she said but it's not very well written (laughs) 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 and then god kept prompting me that he was going to give me people to help yeah here's Mm. some more work to do for him he's going to give me more people to help Mm. and so i was down the church at cronulla and one day, and I was talking to um, Leone, yep. and uh, I said to Leone, I'm just, I just need someone to edit for me and do this for me. She says, I'll do it. Mm. <laughs> and so 
And within one week, she edited the whole thing for me. Oh, isn't she good? She cut out 2,000 words. Oh, really? <laughs> she cut out th- but she didn't well, lose the story. Didn't. Yeah, yeah oh, of course. That's the editing the process, yeah. though, isn't it? It's like yeah. you've got to cut down to actually yeah. make it, yeah. 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 So then it was another process of rewriting it. And, mm-hmm. um, and then it was, I still got to the point where I thought, I really need somebody else to give me another edit on this. Mm. And, um, and so I'd seen Karen on the um, podcast, not the podcast, the Zoom. Mm-hmm. When, when during the thing, so I only just knew her by one Zoom meeting. I never met her, but one morning God put it on my mind to, to approach Karen, and so I came to here to meet Stu <laughs> about something, and Karen was here. Okay, awesome. Yeah. And Stu wanted a few minutes spare t- mm. to finish off what he wanted to do. I said fine. Started talking to Karen, and she said, oh, "What are you doing?" I said, yeah. "And she said, oh, yeah, I'll do it for you.'" Mm. And so. She edited it for yeah. me then, yeah. and what she added was um, how to make it the sentences longer and and uh, not so many because um, Grammarly puts it stop every <laughs> yeah every thirty seconds oh, <laughs> every right. and so it was stopping it flowing you know so yeah. Karen showed me how to make it flow better <laughs> so then I, I used that and but there's been two non-Christian people that have been really helpful to me. And uh, one was my grand, my grandson's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. She only told me two things. She said, "Look, it's, it's, she said oh, the story's good, but she said you don't. You, there's no feelings or f- f- how you're thinking or feeling in the middle of, in it." <laughs> she said, "You're just black and white." <laughs> yeah, this a, happened uh, and this happened and this happened. Yeah, this happened. yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. And uh, so I rewrote it again, just mm. off of her two little things. Mm. And um, and then there's the lady over the road who's who's um, non-Christian, who's been helping me. And she um, said, you're getting better, keep going. Yeah. <laughs> In other words, get it better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Have the 75th edit. Yeah. Yep. So there's been a lot of, I've had a lot of help. Mm. And uh, because I, and when I look at what I first wrote compared to what's written now, <laughs> I say, God, thank you. Yeah. You know, that he, he, he put it on my heart through a lot of readings and other things, mm-hmm. he was going to give me help. And so, uh, and all I can say is, God, thank you. You've given me the help you promised. Mm-hmm. And even you guys today are a help. Oh. Part of that help. That's great to have you on the podcast, I suppose. Yeah. The, and I know, I know that you've been sharing around with lots of different people. Mm. What's the thing that they've said that's stood out about the story to them? Um, I gave it to a lady in hospital when I was in hospital and... I want, I want to tell you now straight away, God has set up every one I've given it to so far. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. been a set up. Um, the first one, I went to get my car, needed a rust repair on my car mm. for um, uh, Rego, and only a little rust repair on an old dude I've got, had. Um, it's gone to grave now. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> the, um, so I went into a place to buy something, and, and then I saw this panel beater next door. Anyhow, I knew him, but I didn't really know him. He was my best friend who died, was his brother. Oh. And so I went in to see, to, uh, see about getting him the cost to get a repair. Mm. And uh, as I'm talking to him, he said to me, you know what? He said, I can't get over how peaceful my brother was when he died. Mm. And he said, I don't understand why you're so peaceful. Mm. <laughs> and so I walked into a setup. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Totally. And so... I was able to give him the story, mm-hmm. which he read and and um, and spoke to me about again later. 
I was able to give him two videos on different things that he asked questions about. Mm-hmm. I've been able to go back and have further talks with him and, t- and yeah, things like that. That's so cool. And, and, um, and I spoke to him again on the phone the other day. Um, I'm welcome. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. I'm welcome and he knows that we're going to talk about God yeah. and he wants to talk about God. Mm. You're doing exactly what that, build, that person you were building for. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. And so that's just one. The one over the road, the lady over the road, I gave her the last one I gave, which is not this latest one, but the last one. And I said, how did you go with that one? And she said, well, she said, um, I've read it three or four times so far and it's on my bedside table and I'll most probably read it again. Wow, wow. that's beautiful. Yeah. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. Another man I actually went to school with, mm. um, built him a pool down at Kirawe, uh, off Grace Point Road, mm-hmm. and um, he um, called in after 30 years, called in to say hello to us mm. and just said, how are you going? So he b- built up the contact again. Next minute he's talking to me about praying in church at, because he's got sore feet and he just goes past one down at Goulburn. He likes it and he goes in and prays for his sore feet. I said, all right, okay, yeah, you want a copy of my story, yeah? Okay, I went down, I've talked to him many times since about mm. God. I can talk to him every time I ring him now about God. Mm. And so anyhow, and he has things he says. And so then I write him an article mm. about the thing he brought up so that he gets a fuller understanding of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I just sent him another one about a week ago. Mm. But um, he, I visited him down the Southern Highlands and uh, he took me through his house. And when he finished, he said, you know, did you see my, your story on my bedside table? <laughs> And so, um, but I, I can go on and tell you more if you want to know more. And I'm going to see this optometrist today. Yep. Who, um, same thing. Same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. And it's, I mean, we've talked about like how, like accepting Jesus, how transformative it is. Yeah. But it seems like God has used your relationship with your wife, Julie, to help you with that as well. And I feel like you're trying to do similar thing of like transform helping showing people what how transformative the gospel is through this story yeah but i remember when you were saying that when you first became a christian was it julie was saying that oh you're going too far yeah you're becoming too much <laughs> why why was that you were just telling people to everyone about the gospel yeah yeah i was telling them how real god was mm. i wasn't just telling them about the gospel i was telling them about how real he was and how how, you know, he answered all my prayers and mm. I tell him the gospel with that, mm. yeah. you know. And then you said Julie became a Christian eventually because yeah. of that. Yeah. Right. Just but because of the change in me. Yeah. Yeah. Must have been a pretty big change then. I was pretty selfish. Yeah. Oh, sorry, you keep <laughs> saying that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But it, it's interesting that Julie was willing to stay with you because she kept seeing how much you were changing. Yeah, oh, she's... Like I'm saying, I'm sorry, saying if you were selfish, then she probably wouldn't Yeah, be with you. At some point, a relationship's probably going to fail if you continue to be selfish. Well, if I can say this, the, um, there came a point in our marriage where she started to become unaffectionate, and, um, and I was wondering what was going on, you know? And uh, so I said to her, what's going on? And she said, well, you're so selfish. Oh. <laughs> You're so selfish. Right, right. You do you do everything you want to do. You don't never ask me. Do do we want another bigger house? Do we want this? Do we want that? I said, but I thought I was always doing the best for our family, you know. Yeah. And so she said, no. She said I'd be happy to be living back in our first little three bedroom home at at, at Ingadine as long as I had some of your time. Mm. She said you're always just doing everything you want to do, and you don't mm. ask me. And so I actually had a 
brought a waterfront and had started to build a waterfront down at Lilypilly. And uh, we were coming back from the country one day from a friend's farm. Mm. And she said to me, you know, I don't want to live there. <laughs> and I said, why, what's wrong? She said, our kids are happy with the friends they've got around where they are. Mm. And our neighbours are all good. And she said, I don't care less about the waterfront. Mm. You know, it's mm. for my family I want the best, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and so I said, she only said it once. Mm. I said, thought to myself, oh, well, she's a good woman. Oh, that's all right. There goes the waterfront. Mm. <laughs> so, did so you finish I, the job or did you? No, I just sold it, sold it. Yeah, okay. Just sold the land. Mm. But I mean, I made a profit out of it. But oh, that's nice. But I wouldn't. Have, but I would have. Should have had it now. But that's how much my my selfishness yeah. had affected our relationship. Mm. I see. As soon as as soon as I stopped that and started going to all the kids' games, mm. their soccer and their netball, and and turned up at everything, all the affection came back again. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It was just. But I didn't realise I was being. Affecting her like that, so I, I think it's really cool that one of the things you've noticed or been made aware of by uh, in this in this journey is that selfishness idea, but also one of the things that have attracted that, that seemed to attract you about the truth of the gospel was all the the non selfishness of all the people that you kept. Yeah. meeting yeah uh, yeah and it's mm. it's so beautiful that at each of uh, like a lot of those moments when you're actually interacting with christians the thing you keep describing is like how they were loving or how they were kind or how they mm. were stoked about the bible or how they were like and it was just they were giving of themselves so much and it was just it's been really cool to see that um yeah how beautiful it is that god shows us what we need, yeah, really, what's really valuable, clearly. and what's mm. valuable, what's yeah, valuable, yeah. Um, that's really, really beautiful. I've been, I've been really enjoying seeing those things yeah. all tie in. It's really, really cool. And then, in as Joel was saying earlier, in within all that, there's also all of those early prayers of yours come from desperation and from yeah. like, oh, this is what I want and this is what I need. God being like, no, I got you. Like, you can have that. Like, that's. Like, I'll, let me let me look after you and let me love you. And, and then it's then evolved into you being able to help others with it mm, and yeah. become less selfish. And actually it's all about other people coming to know Jesus and all those different stories you were telling about all the different people that, are, um, that you're able to give your story to. It's just, oh, it's just remarkable that, um, that there's this weave that seems to go through this story um, of... Um, yeah, you being able to go, yeah, God helped me and now I'm going to use that to help others and lead others to him. And that's really beautiful. I'm really encouraged by that. Sorry. I need to apologize. Oh, that was good. I enjoyed that. There was, no, sorry, I was more apologizing because there's not a question in that. Oh, that's okay. I couldn't find one. I was hoping that maybe by the end of it, I'd be able to follow it up, <laughs> but it didn't happen. The one I wanted to ask you was, we kind of heard about how when you first became a Christian, you didn't go to church for about 18 months. Yeah. And then you started going to... Caring about Caring Baptist. Caring Baptist. So then my next question was like, how did you end up coming to Soul Revival? Because like obviously there's many years in between, <laughs> but how did that play out for you? And and what was it like being going to a, a couple of different churches? We went to Caring Baptist originally, and then they had a breakup. 
Yeah, you remember you and, said that. Um, yeah. So the youth, there was quite a large youth group there, and so the youth group decided to start a church by themselves. Oh, right. In a school at Miranda, mm-hmm. and so um, we were convinced that God wanted us to go with them. So we were the old, only old ones with them, mm-hmm. and um, they they as a youth as a youth group uh, moved from one place to another a bit, and uh, they eventually they really kept us out. They really just sort of put a barrier between us and them. So we turned up, broomed the, f- broomed the floor, put the chairs out, did all those things. Mm. But that was it. That was what we did. And when we packed up at the end, that was, all, that was our contribution. Mm. And, um, and then they got a pastor, Eddie Zodens, his name is. And, uh, and he uh, used to um, get me to meet with him once a week. And so I used to meet with him and we used to pray and discuss things together. And um, that was still my only contribution, still just with him and with the then. And then uh, they got a minister from uh, South Australia, terrific preacher, terrific God to Bible teacher, David Qualick, his name is. And then he also um, did the same. He got me to be, a, what do you call it, a, a, a support or a... Oh, yeah, like an elder kind of situation. Yeah, so I used to meet with him once a week. Oh, yeah. And then... Um, after quite a while of just doing that, eventually they, um, one of the elders wanted to, be, to retire from being an elder. He was only young, but he was too busy with his Christian school he ran. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they asked me, would I be it? I said, oh, I don't really want to. Um, but they talked me into it. But I was no use as an, el- as an elder. <laughs> no, I, did, I, did, I didn't have a clue what to do next. Yeah, I okay. mean, Stewie's a visionary mm-hmm. and other people are like that, but I'm not. I, I'm a labourer. Hmm. And um, and so um, then they decided, half of the church decided, young people again decided they wanted to be um, uh, a Wimber movement. I don't know what that, I don't know what that is. Um, what other churches are in the charismatic? Wimber was the big, um, just trying to think of the name of the breed of the church, but it was a charismatic okay. Pentecostal type movement. Okay. Yep. Yep. And uh, it was on. They had it over here at Randwick for quite a while. Okay. It was a, a charismatic movement type thing. And uh, anyhow, the youth part of the youth wanted to move that way, and um, so they gave the pastor a hard time. And um, so anyhow, the church ended up breaking up, mm-hmm. and he went back to South Australia, and uh, and so then I went to Guymere Anglican. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and at Guymere Anglican. When Soul Revival started, we joined nearly in the early stages mm-hmm. because I felt God was showing us to go there. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we've been there ever since and I'm, mm. I'm really grateful to... I worked in the kitchen mm-hmm. of the Sunday morning one when it started and really yeah. enjoyed that too. Mm. But um, that's about it for me. Yeah, and mm. you go to Cronulla now? Yeah. Yeah. What's mm. it like being in Cronulla? Is it, is uh, it? Ah, <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> a bit disheartening. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's smaller now than it was when it first started. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially just before COVID, it was it was it was getting some numbers up, and then unfortunately <laughs> COVID caused a few issues with that. Yeah, but so in real terms, disappointed with the. I'm not disappointed. We're still there because we believe that I believe God sent us there mm-hmm. to go there yeah. from. Because I enjoyed being here Sunday morning, mm-hmm. 
and just working in the kitchen and things like that. I enjoyed it with Lisa and and uh, and but God put it on my heart to go. And I said, well, Lord, I don't want to really go to another new church starting up. We'd been done that, swept floors, done this, done that <laughs> for for years with different churches, yeah. and I didn't really want to go there. And, and then and then God put it on my heart to go. So I just and when I went, my wife wasn't coming to church then. But when I went, my wife started coming to church, mm. and oh. she's been willing to keep going. So I'm grateful for to God that. Yeah, but it's almost like, like the reverse. Yeah, of way back in the, yeah, the, the original love story was that That's you, right. you were still being faith. I think you were still a result of you being faithful, and when God said to put it on your heart to go to Cronulla, yeah, then I think I'm uh, only theorizing here, but maybe your wife saw that and said, like, "Oh, he still still wants to do what God wants him to do." I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, well, my wife. Uh, the big benefit to me is my wife likes going. Yeah, and she's going again, and she's growing. I can see her mm. growing all the time, That's bit beautiful. by bit. That's, That's very cool. Yeah, so I'm grateful. Yeah, yeah awesome. Uh, it's been really cool to have you on the podcast, Brian. But I want to ask you the final question that mm. we like to ask everyone, which is, uh, how old did you say you were? Seventy nine. Seventy nine. So you've had you've been around for a bit. Yeah. Oh, actually, before before you, and how old were you when you became a Christian? Oh yeah, thirty-three. Thirty-three. Okay, I'd 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 meant to ask that and I forgot. Okay. Thirty-three. Mm-hmm. Cool. Sorry, John. No, that's all right. Uh, so now that we look over that time that you've been a Christian from thirty-three to seventy-nine, what do you wish you know now? What can you? What do you want to tell your younger Christian self if you look back at that time? Well, the thing, the biggest thing I've learned is that when Christ calls you to Himself. He's going to do everything necessary to get you where he wants you to go. Mm. <laughs> and if you want to try and get yourself there, you'll fail. Mm. Yep. A lot. And that tallies with a lot with the story of prior to becoming a Christian was that you thought you were being a Christian. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But then he put all these things in your path. I feel like I've still got very big L plates on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think we all do, right? Yeah. 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 I think that's very, um, very true. Ethan, final words before we wrap it up? I think it's really important to remember that we have L plates on. Yeah. I think it's really easy to forget um, and to, to trick ourselves into thinking that we've got this. And uh, I think I'm, I'm really encouraged by uh, your humility and your, um, yeah, and actually the, the, the selfless, way you talked about stuff and people and um yeah it was really it was really lovely uh to to have you on the podcast and to chat through all this stuff i've had heaps of fun uh, i've learned a lot uh and hopefully lots of people also have had that same experience well i think you talked about talking to the youth crew yeah about being a light in the world but i think that's like a lot of what your story is about is it god used other people and yeah. their light mm. Yeah, to to show you him. Yeah, totally. But I feel like you're doing that yourself. You have been doing that, but you're also trying to do that even more. Mm. Yeah, now, and I think that's that's an interesting parallel between what Ethan said and what we've heard from you today. Mm-hmm. Is that yeah, yeah, like you said, God's just gonna if God wants to make it happen, He's gonna make it happen. <laughs> yeah, and but also He's gonna make use other people. Yeah, totally. Whether we're you know, with with all our L plateness, yeah, mm. and whether even if we're P platers, 
He's still going to use us, right? I'll be, I'll be a great yeah. to that. <laughs> That's right. But he's, he's still going to use us. And I think, yeah, again, yeah. I say this almost at the every, every Chip Lunch podcast now. This is why we do the podcast. Yeah. Mm. Is yeah. because you telling your story mm. on the podcast is going to be a light yeah. for other people, whether they're Christians or not, mm. if they hear it or listen to it. or yeah. see it, Sorry, <laughs> hear it or listen to it. It's the same thing. Watch it or listen. They're going to see the light mm. as well. Um, so I'm like, I'm, I'm really hopeful that your story that you, that you wanted to talk about today, mm. and especially the story that you wrote does have that impact that had the same impact on yourself. Mm. Um, I was going to ask you if anybody wants to read the story and we might, I don't know, we, maybe we'll get you to do a bit of an audio book version when you, when you think you're ready to do it. Mm. But, um, a great idea. how could, if someone wants to read it and give you feedback on it, how can they just email, email you? What's your email? Uh, help to find love at gmail.com help to find love at gmail.com yeah Ed, can you put that in put that up on the screen as well but um chuck it in there yeah we'll, the we'll come yeah we'll chuck it in the description as well but yeah. brian it's been an absolute pleasure having you on thank mm. you for taking the time to come on the podcast and again this is what chip lunch podcast is about mm. so thank you very much thank you uh we always finish with a one way and i think if you know keith green yep I yeah. think you know what a one-way is because sometimes I have to explain it to people, but I think you know what it is. So thank you again, Brian. Thank you, Ethan. And thank you to everyone that's listening. Yeah. Thank you to Eck who puts these podcasts together. Yeah. And as we finish, one way. One way. One way. One way.